This is so wizarding. Alternate Reality Entertainment presents Empire State Comic Con! April 6th, 7th, and 8th at the Albany Capital Center. Nightmare and Elm Street fans, come meet Robert Englund. From Sons of Anarchy, Ryan Hurst. From Stranger Things, Carabono. Voice actors, Charles Fleischer, Carrie Means, and Brittany Karbowski. Legends, Lou Ferrigno and Mark Dodson. Comic book artists, KidsCon, cosplay contests, and more. All at Empire State Comic Con. Tickets are on sale now at www.escomiccon.com. Broadcasting very fast and very dangerous from the planet Malastare. You are listening to So Wizards. You are thinking, you said people gonna die? The only podcast to make the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. There'll be no one to stop us this time. What's up, everybody? You are listening to the So Wizard Podcast. I am your host, Joey DiCarlo. My co-hosts, the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. A famous explorer once said that the extraordinary is in what we do, not who we are. It's deep, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the expert, Mr. Marquis, Markellis Reagans. Um, a famous podcaster once said, I am hungry. I want to get this show done so I can eat. <laughs> You are listening to episode number 189 of the So Wizard podcast. Three friends discuss the world of nerd podcasting weekly. This week, we've got some nerdy news. We've got a full review and reaction to the new movie Tomb Raider. And Mark, what what have you brought for us today? Uh, This week, I had a chance to interview Joshua Michael. Uh, Josh, you may know him from... Uh, a few different movies, but mainly people would know him from playing Jared on The Walking Dead. We got to chit-chat a little bit, talk a little bit about uh, his work on the show, some movies that he's been in, including I, Tanya and uh, Love, Simon, which is actually out this week, and uh, a little bit about what he has coming up later on. Uh, he's a really cool dude. Awesome. So we'll be jumping right into that in a few moments. But first, how's everybody doing this week? Aubrey, what goes on in the world of Aubrey? Absolutely nothing. I really didn't do anything this week. I laid in bed pretty much all week long. Were you sick or were you just tired? I didn't really feel well. So I slept all week. (laughs) The whole week. Well, at least you get to leave the house to see Tomb Raider. Yeah, that was the highlight of my week. (laughs) (laughs) How about you, Mark? What's going on? Uh, Nothing much, man. I... uh... Did go to the movies, did go see Tomb Raider this week. Uh, this uh, Right now, as we're recording, it's uh, St. Patrick's Day. So, uh, I'm sorry, day after St. Patrick's Day. But in my neighborhood, we do a St. Patrick's Day parade. So you may occasionally hear uh, some loud, drunken Irish people in the background uh, of us recording tonight. Just be aware. That's right. That is the second largest St. Patrick's Day parade, I think, in the country. So. They shut down the whole town. Yeah, it's 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 wild. I absolutely hate it. So. <laughs> yeah, I have to make sure I do all of my anything that I need to get done. I have to do it the night before because Sunday, uh, the the day of the parade. If I leave, if I get in my car and leave, there's no coming back. <laughs> there's no there's no parking spaces. There's no way to get out of the out of the area. It's just full lockdown. So right. Well, you know, I'm Italian and I don't drink. <laughs> so there's and, really no place for you. 
Right. And I also, I had to march in that parade for four years when I was in high school. Oh. So that sucked all love of parade <laughs> day out of me. <laughs> yeah. Well, shout out to uh, Jay Money and Dr. Bill from uh, Not Another Nerdy Podcast who were nice enough to stand outside my house and scream my name. <laughs> Very loudly least, in front of all. At least they weren't playing Nintendo Switch on your car hood this year. So. It, I don't know. They were out there for. They were out there a couple of times. So I'm not. I'm afraid to actually see what they did. Oh uh, boy! Shout out to those morons. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. I am exhausted. I uh, I had to fit watching Tomb Raider into my life. <laughs> that is pretty hard to do. Yeah, well, unfortunately, um, neither my son nor my daughter had any interest in seeing this movie, so I couldn't take them. Um, so I had to figure out a time I could squeeze it in that wasn't going to take away from family time. And uh, the only time I could think of was I got home from work on Friday morning at like 7 a.m., and then I farted around for a few hours and drove my wife to work, mm. dropped her off, and then I went to see Tomb Raider. <laughs> Then I came back, picked up my wife. We went to a parent-teacher conference at my son's school, got home about 4 o'clock, went to bed, and got up and went to work for 10 p.m. So. Oh, God. <laughs> so that's all for po- – it's all for you. It's all for podcasting. Mm-hmm. So, Mark, it, this might be someone's first episode or it could be their 189th episode. Maybe you should remind them where they can find more So Wizard Podcasts. Sure. All right, so everybody can go to soulwizardpodcast.com where you will find new episodes every week along with movie reviews from yours truly, Netflix picks from our buddy Adam Mollyhawk. Our Soul Wizard Podcast merchandise is right there so you can purchase some swag, uh, represent the show, look good while you're doing it. Uh, A good way to support our show is through our Amazon link that we keep right on the website. Click on that giant A, get your Amazon shopping done, and then uh, you can also help out Soul Wizard Podcast while you're doing it. Uh, uh, You can also find our social media links there. We have Facebook, we have Twitter, Instagram. Uh, You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Give us a five-star review while you are there. You can also review us on podknife.com. Uh, you can also find us on the Stitcher Radio app for your tablet or smartphone, uh, Podbean. We're on Satchel. We're on Google Play Music. Uh, we are also on Spotify. We are also on PowerCast 97.9 Internet Radio. And we are also on the NerdPodcastMafia.com website. Back to you, Joey. You got a Have you ever danced with a devil in the pale moonlight? Did you? No, but I did. And I did like (laughs) the devil. (laughs) Excellent. So we're going to go ahead now and jump right into that interview that Mark Ellis did with Josh Michael from The Walking Dead, from Game Night, upcoming in Ant-Man and the Wasp, and other exciting things. Oh, I, Tanya, too, right, Mark? Yeah, yeah. Academy Award-winning movie, I, Tanya. Fuck yeah. All right. So we're going to go ahead and play that for you now. Check it out, and we'll be back. All right, So Wizard fans, uh, we have a special treat tonight. Uh, We have an interview with uh, a guy who, if you've been paying attention to nerd culture, you have definitely come across this gentleman's work. Uh, he's a playwright. 
He's a musician. Uh, if you have checked out the hit movie Game Night that's in theaters now, you would have spotted him. Uh, if you have been watching The Walking Dead, you definitely would have spotted him as the uh, not-so-nice guy, Jared. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Soul Wizard fans, welcome to the show, Josh Michael. <laughs> What's up? How are you, man? How you doing today? I'll take it easy. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I, I know you are a busy guy. You are all over the place. Um, so I definitely want to take a little time to go over some of the the um, projects that you've been working on and, and some of the things that you have coming up. But first of all, uh, how are you doing? What, what's life? What is life like now for Josh Michael? Uh, it, you know, it's funny. I, I had a great year last year and and uh, yeah, I got to shoot all this stuff and it and it's suddenly all coming out at once. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know I'm still alive on Walking Dead, which is awesome. That's a that's a rare thing for people on Walking Dead. Uh, and I uh, and Game Nights in theaters, and I, I have a couple other things that are uh, Love Simon, um, mm-hmm. a, a bit part in Love Simon is in theaters now, and a bit part in the Leisure Seeker that's playing, and uh, I guess my I have a Black Lightning episode that'll be airing in a, in a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's great, man. Things are things are wild. But, uh, you know, it's great to have that slate of things coming out. But, you know, on the other end, I'm, I'm looking for my next job. Uh, so, you know, it's been pilot season. I've had, had some auditions and tried to stay busy that way and, and uh, try to keep myself sane uh, doing other things as well. Uh, trying to get away from the business a little bit because it'll, it'll drive you crazy just che- rechecking your email for uh, – auditions during pilot season oh i'm sure i'm sure well you know you have um you know you have been all around in all different types of uh different areas you know i wanted to ask what out of all the different things that you're doing because you know you you're in game night which is a comedy uh you've you had a a quick appearance in i tanya which i I spotted you there uh so you know that's a drama you know walking dead's obviously horror uh, is there a particular genre that you're definitely more attracted to something that you're more interested in, or do you just take it as it comes? Um, I, I take it as it comes because I, I'm trying to pay the bills and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so I, anything is, is pretty awesome, but I've been fortunate the you know, past year to, to land on some pretty, some really well revered and, uh, some projects that are, that I, I think are some of the better stuff that I've been in. So you know, with Itania and Game Night and, and Walking Dead. And, and I think Love, Simon, I, I haven't seen it yet, but I have a feeling it's going to be very good. You know, I've, it's just been a fortunate time. But uh, I, I, yeah, I like com- yeah, I like it all. You know, I, yeah. I just love the opportunity to, to perform and, and uh, you know, do something honestly. But I'd love to do more comedy. I, I don't get a ton of opportunity. And Itania, I guess, is arguably a dark, dark comedy. But, yeah. Um, you know, in game night is a comedy, but, but my character, I think it was, it was interesting even working on that, that set. I, you know, you walk on and you, there's all these funny people around you and you realize, Oh, I'm, I'm the straight man in this. <laughs> um, you know, I, my, my character is in, in game night. I didn't get a ton of opportunity to, to, for any laughs, you know, me and me and Zarek were, are kind of the Zarek who, who played the other kind of crony, mm-hmm. uh, thug with me. Uh, we, you know, we're kind of the, the straight dudes. The bad dudes are the straight dudes in that one, um, which is interesting. Yeah, you know, I spotted you in uh, an office Christmas party too, in like a quick little, uh, 
quick little spot. Is there a coincidence that you and Jason Bateman are, are working together in comedies? Yeah, I mean, I think that's entirely co- coincidental because you know he uh, just just by nature of him working a couple projects in Atlanta, yeah, uh, and and that stuff they were casting regionally. So um, I don't I don't know. I mean, he he was a producer on on a uh, game night. He I don't know if he particularly liked my stuff or or not or or you know I I didn't hear that. Um, I think it was just the and, and the same casting directors cast me in both Tara and and Chase. Harris Feldstein casting. They they cast me in, the, in both of them out of, you know, uh, as a regional actor here yeah. in Atlanta. Nice, nice. Now, you know, let's talk a little bit about uh, Jared. Uh, I know you don't really get to do a lot of comedy, but that guy being a jerk, he does seem somewhat funny. There is kind of a humor to him. D- was there a lot of, uh, you get a lot of fan reaction from uh, from that character being such a jerk? Yeah, it's fun. Um you know, because he's a smartass, so I, it's it's nice. It's it's a lot of fun to play somebody like that, and and there is a, a, a you know a considerable amount of fan reaction because the Walking Dead fan base is wild, mm-hmm. and you know you you get a, you get a line on that show, and and people are excited to meet you for for some reason. You know, you, I've been acting for since high school, but I've been acting in film and TV now for seven or eight years, but you know, it's just a testament to the show um, and the, the hard work that people have put into the show and how much these fans have cared over the past eight years um, to, to, you know, they, they really, really love the show and it's, it's an amazing thing to be a part of and suddenly be kind of like welcomed into this, you know, walking dead family where you're, you're suddenly, you know, welcome into their fandom too. Yeah, yeah, your your character definitely stands out. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of my friends who I uh, I told I was gonna gonna have you on the show, they were like, "Oh God, he's a good actor," because we hate that character so much. <laughs> uh, thanks, man. Yeah, I don't know. I I get a lot of credit for I've gotten that a, a number of times. You know, he's a good actor because we hate him. You know, I I I actually it feels pretty easy. Like being a smartass comes pretty easy to me. Like I I'd, I'd have a harder time I think doing doing some of the more emotional stuff that, that these folks are, especially in the last couple episodes, you know, dealing with, mm-hmm. with the death of a, a major character, yeah. the, the stuff that, that they're going through that, that's tougher to me, but I, you know, I appreciate your friends and I appreciate you saying, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's definitely true. Now being a part of I, Tanya, you know, with all of this Academy award hoopla that was surrounding it with the, the nominations, um, does that, uh, is that something that you keep an eye on, you know, that, that you are, uh, something that you could, you know, maybe I want to say pad up the resume, but something you can say, yeah, I was a part of that. Is that something that you monitor when you, when all of the awards talk is going on? Um, I mean, not really. I, I'm certainly proud to be a part of it and be a part of something that was so well revered and, and, you know, that had such amazing performances and, mm-hmm. and, you know, to be, to be in a small way, a part of their performances. Um, you know, cause I, my scene, my little scene is with uh, Margot Robbie and Allison Janney, and mm-hmm. um, I got to meet them. And you know, he, I, I was pulling for them the entire way, and it's a, it's an amazing thing that they they did. You know, fared so well in the, with the nominations and, and Janney winning, um, you know, best supporting actress. I, you couldn't, there couldn't be a sweeter, more deserving person to to get it. Um, and, and you know that her being sweet has nothing to do with her talent, but it's just awesome that she got it. Um, so, but, but, you know, I didn't really, I don't, I don't know. People recognize the film because 
it, it did so well. So it, yeah. it shows up on your resume and that's a cool thing. Um, and I, but to me, it was just a day, you know, I was, I was on set for a day and then yeah. I got to do a little ADR. So, you know, I think folks looking at my resume know, well, you know, he was part of this amazing thing, but he was relatively a, a small part in the thing. But it, you know, it, it still is something I'm very proud of. Yeah, yeah, you should be. You should be. Like I said, I, I saw that movie a while ago, um, but I instantly remembered you. <laughs> I knew I was going to talk about you. Oh, yeah, I remember that scene. Yeah, you definitely stand uh, out. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about what you have coming up next. Um, Love, Simon is opening this week, and uh, this is definitely something that's uh, it's a departure for Greg Berlanti. Uh, a lot of the nerds will know him as being the guy that oversees the CW shows. Flash, yeah. uh, Green Arrow, but this is him, you know, stepping behind the camera, doing a, a different type of movie or something that's not like comic bookish. Uh, I know you can't really talk a little bit too much about it, but what was it like working with uh, with Greg Berlanti on that on that movie? Uh, you know, he's a sweetheart. I I got to do uh, I got to audition for him, um, and it was just kind of a, a pretty intimate audition with the casting directors and him, and uh, was able to make him laugh in that, and mm-hmm. um, then I. Then it came time to do the scene, and the scene is actually not, uh, not at all comedic, and so the you know it it was a cool thing. Um, my stuff is relatively. I have a couple of lines, but it's I'm I'm just kind of connecting the dots. Um, mm-hmm. But the the story is really precious, and I I think it's an important film um, for for the LGBT community and uh, to have to have one of these you know high school romance stories it's a it's a cool thing um but yeah you, you know i knew greg's work before and i auditioned for stuff that he had written before and seeing his name on it i thought oh oh wow that's uh that that, that is a departure from the stuff he's doing but then you know i ended up on black lightning after <laughs> love simon and um yeah he he produces on that as well yeah that was my next question is that how uh is that kind of how you got the black lightning gig you know i don't know i he, he wasn't there the day i was around and yeah I, I'm not sure if he even knew. Um, I'm not sure. You know, sometimes executive producers are, are a little more hands-off with the casting. They mm. allow the directors and, and casting directors to, to do their thing or the other producers to do their thing. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'd, I'd, love, I'd love for that to be the case, that, that he, uh, he loved my stuff and loved Simon and, and uh, had me on for this. But it's, it's, it couldn't be further from, uh, you know, the, the two parts couldn't be further from each other, really. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and, and speaking of directors, directors, I actually did want to ask a little bit about uh, John Francis Daly and uh, uh, Jonathan Goldstein, who directed uh, Game Night. They are also making big waves in the nerd world because they uh, co-wrote Spider-Man, the last Spider-Man right. movie. And they've been uh, given the keys to the next Flash movie, which is pretty big for them. Uh, and everyone knows uh, John Francis Daly as being uh, you know, freaks and geeks. So he's like, you know, almost the the quintessential face of like geekdom uh, in certain right. aspects. So what was it like working for, for those guys as, as directors on that movie? It was so cool. Uh, they're, they are, they're an awesome team and, you know, so super sweet. So, and to see the work that they did, you know, there was a couple of times where knowing it's a comedy and reading the script and mm-hmm. whatever, you know, you, I think I going into it, I had this idea of this broader comedy, you know, something like I'd worked on, just a, a couple of days on we're the millers yeah and or dirty grandpa or something and and those you know those kind of super broad comedies where everybody's funny and whatever but like like i was saying before 
you know, I think they had, they pulled me back a couple of times. Like, Ooh, I don't know if, I don't know if he would say that or whatever. Um, when I would try and ad lib and stuff mm -hmm. and you know, it's hard for an actor. I think sometimes when you're trying to be funny and, and you think he did something funny and then they're <laughs> then it's like, no, we don't, that's, that's not what we're going for. And, and I'm thinking like, man, that, that joke killed. Like everybody, <laughs> people were laughing at whatever. And then you see it and you're like, Oh, okay. Like I am, like I was saying before, I'm, I'm the straight man. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, for these other people's fear to work for the thrill for, for the thriller aspect of the, of the thing to work. Um, these dudes have to seem dangerous and not like, you know, duncey criminals. Um, so it, it's a testament to, to their, you know, foresight, I, I think to, to understand and understand that. And then, you know, just seeing the, the moves that they made as directors, there's, there's so much cool stuff in game night that it, it's not your typical broad comedy, the, the look of it, you know, and they, they're on record saying they, they wanted to kind of, they wanted that Fincher <laughs> kind of lighting style and right. Um, but you know, some of the, some of the directorial choices they made are, are cool too. Like it's just a really well done comedy. I think, you know, there's one scene in particular where me and Zarek are busting through this door and, um, you know, they do this, they did this cool dolly track beneath, beneath a half door. So, you know, we're on one side of the door and then suddenly it dollies beneath and you see us reaching through. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it was, it was such a cool thing, you know, and, but that's like one of many kind of cool aspects of the film that they, you know, they make a comedy that, that could have been really brightly lit and really, uh, you know, prototypical and, and turned it on its head a little bit. Yeah, these guys are definitely making a name for themselves. I'm really glad that Game Night is, uh, you know, in this mushroom cloud of uh, Black Panther uh, dominating the box office. Uh, Game Night is is it's doing well. And a lot of people are like the word of mouth on it is is amazing. I've been hearing about it uh, since the week it came out. Um, all of my friends are like, yes, this this movie is it's super funny. So, yeah, um, it, it's funny. It's 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 really good. I've seen it twice in the theaters and. Both times I'm laughing out loud and I don't, I don't laugh at comment. I don't really laugh out loud at stuff. Yeah. And like I'm partial, like I, you know, but not really. Like I, I, I enjoyed both viewing experiences and like it, it goes by quick and yes. And, and true. We, I, I, I've been saying like, yeah, we've, we've been living in Black Panther's shadow and <laughs> I hope people see it. But I, you know, it's amazing. I, I was just looking at the numbers today and it's still, you know, it's, they had a strong Monday, which is like, not, <laughs> is not a thing. I had, you know, it's gonna, I think it'll continue having a, a pretty solid turnout as, as the weeks go on. Hopefully it'll stick around for a while. Yeah, I definitely think it will. I definitely think word of mouth is, is building up this movie a uh, big time. That's uh, awesome. So I want to talk a little bit about something else that you have coming up. Now, I know you probably can't talk a um, much about this, but you are going to be appearing in Ant-Man and a Wasp. So you're like bouncing from DC to Marvel. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what it's like to work on that movie? Um, yeah, I, I will preface it with saying my stuff in, in that is, is really small. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, it's just an amazing thing to be a part of the, the Marvel universe in, in whatever way, you, whatever capacity you can have. Sure. And, but I, I was on, I was around for about a week, which is misleading when you see the, the footage probably, but it's, uh, it's going to be awesome. I mean, but it, you know, it's, it's such a different set to be on. 
you know, a Marvel, a Marvel piece like that with so much money, you know, I was mm-hmm. looking for something or, you know, a way to skirt around, but you know, those, those films have a lot of budget and, you know, the best equipment and the, the best crew and, and, you know, any, anything they need and any location they need and to have all those resources at their fingertips and, and to work with Peyton Reed, who, who directed the first one. Yep. Um, he, he's a, he's a sweet dude and, you know, it, it it's a it's going to be a cool project. I'm excited. I you know, but I don't. I truly don't know a lot about it. I I know about what happened in my scene, and I didn't. I don't get to read the full script. I don't. I, I get right. to see what you guys are seeing uh, when you're you know the blogs that are sharing the behind the scenes photos. And I'm like, man, that you know, like that ghost costume is awesome or whatever. <laughs> you know, like there's there's a uh, there's stuff that yeah, I'm, I'm not privy to. So, you know, besides appearing in these comedies and comic book type of movies, what what things are you interested in? What uh, what are the uh, genre stuff that that you like to get into? Um, Well, you know, I started I started out. I mean, I'm a huge fan of of the Coen brothers. So Mm -hmm. I I really love these kind of like comedy of error, uh, you know, dramatic, uh, you know, interesting, quirky character, Mm -hmm. well-written dramas, you know, and and P.T. Anderson is another filmmaker that I love. Uh, but like, that's like, it's like, or, or, yeah, you and everybody else guy, <laughs> but like, you know, they are. Um, and then I, I, I got my start like in film school, you know, it's I, not, I didn't go to film school, but I, I was studying theater alongside a, a couple of friends that were in film school. And I, mm-hmm. I appeared in a couple of their horror films and I've done horror a number of times. Yeah. I think I'd love to do something, you know, I, I, horror is fun as hell. And I, I think it doesn't get enough credit. I mean, we're, we're starting to see it now that the kind of a, a lot of well-made horrors, especially with get out coming through and, right. you know, it's, it's a cool genre and it's an amazing genre for actors because nine times out of 10, you're playing someone who is experiencing like the extremes of their emotion, mm. uh, be it pain or fear or sadness, you know, like the, it's, uh, it, it's a really challenging uh, it's a, uh, yeah, a really, a really challenging, uh, like a, a medium where you get to go medium. from zero to 10 in a yeah. bunch of scenes. Yeah. Yeah. But I, so I'd love to do, you know, I did this film last shift that I wish I could have back. It, <laughs> it's on Netflix and people, it, it did very well. Yeah. You know, people liked it, but I, I wish I could do it again. Like there's this, my stuff in there, I'm not happy, happy with. And, you know, so I'm, I'm really hoping that Anthony de Blasi was the, director of that one and i'm like man anthony do you want to write a you want to write a sequel or a prequel man (laughs) like i would love to have that back or a chance to you know Mm. undo some of the damage that i i I did no i I say if people like it you you did your job all right i I would say i would say that all right so uh so i know you said you're looking for a job you have anything else coming up that we can look forward to i mean obviously you got love simon opening uh just opened this weekend uh you have an episode of black lightning coming up you have Ant-Man and the Wasp coming out this year. Anything else that you got on the on the slate that we can look forward to? Um, yeah, I um, I just finished work on uh, work on a uh, The Dirt, which is the Motley Crue biopic. Um, just a little day on there, and um, and then uh, yeah, looking for the next job, man. Uh, just just uh, checking my email. <laughs> <laughs> so you're 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 all done with uh, Walking Dead is all wrapped up for this season, is that right? That's right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, starts back, I think, late April. 
All right, good. Now, you know, I do uh, spend, I'm, I'm, we're based up in Massachusetts where we just got a quote unquote snowstorm, our third oh. nor'easter for this, uh, the past like couple of weeks. It wasn't really that much though. Um, but I usually do travel down to Atlanta for a Dragon Con, a big oh, yeah. convention that goes down there Labor Day weekend. Um, now, I know that there is something, there's, there's definitely some kind of, uh, discourse between Dragon Con and the Walking Dead staff. Is that a convention that you think you might, want to partake in because i know there's a lot of drag a lot of uh walking dead fans that go to that one yeah um i mean it, i i love dragon con um i've gone i think three or four times yeah already and but i i went before as like a filmmaker so i mm-hmm. I, I had a i was representing a buddy's film that i, I worked on that uh was playing their film festival and then i've gone last year the year before last uh, a buddy and a couple of uh, you know a couple of buddies and i shot a gorilla movie there. <laughs> um, and you know, so it, yeah, it's, it's the, the, the weekend is a blast. I think, I don't think there's any hard feelings between walking dead and dragon con. I think it's just that there's Walker stalker Atlanta that happens in October as well. Mm-hmm. Or so dragon con happens in September, I think. Uh, right? Yeah. It's like uh, the first weekend in September, like Labor Day weekend. Right. So, you know, and then they do Walker stalker Atlanta, um, so I, I think a lot of, there's, there's not a lot of allowed crossover because those two conventions are so close and yeah. trying to, something that, that bears the walking dead name pretty much, uh, it's going to win know, out funnel, yeah, funnel talent there. Um, but it, you know, I, I hope to make it this year. If I, if I'm around that weekend, I, I hope to be there and see everybody's, you know, bonkers costumes. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I've, I've gone, I've only cosplayed twice and it was just like, going to my friend's hotel room and he's like i have this thor costume you should throw on <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what, I, I was gonna say i didn't want to say it but i'm like you know i could probably see you pulling off a thor yeah, of the hair. yeah just by nature having yeah. long hair just, but like not like no muscles but long hair <laughs> like just uh but yeah you get one of those you know those muscle breast plates or whatever and, yeah yeah but yeah uh but you know I, maybe i should i should really uh Buckle down and figure out my cosplay. This year for Halloween, I went as Jared from The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah, how difficult was that? Well, <laughs> I, I I went as Jared from The Walking Dead, but like I tried to dress up like Jared from The Walking. So I, I wore a wig. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was really proud of this. I thought it was really funny, but it didn't really. I, I don't know. It, no one really thought it was as funny as I did. Everyone thought I was just Joe Dirt. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was really lame. That's a waste. Yeah. Of a, that's a waste of a good joke. Don't you hate when you have like a really good joke and just people just don't get it? You have to explain it to them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's miserable. That's that. Nothing. Nothing worse. <laughs> I mean, nothing. Nothing that lets you know that your joke is not funny than having to explain it. Yep. Yeah. And there it is. All right. Well, Josh, if you are a Dragon Con this year, I would definitely be there. So uh, I would definitely keep an eye out for you and see what uh, see what great. the cosplay looks like. Well, regardless, maybe I can make it over to we can snag a beer or something. Oh, definitely, definitely. Oh, right. yes. All right. Well, uh, Josh, uh, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk to us here on So Wizard. Uh, so Wizard fans, like I said, Game Night is in theaters now. Love Simon is in theaters now. Uh, Walking Dead is still on, so you're definitely gonna check them out on that. Uh, if you haven't seen Itania, check that out. Uh, Academy Award winning Itania and spot him in there. And yeah, you know, Black Lightning, Ant-Man and the Wasp, you're all over the place, man. We are Thanks. so honored to have you uh, take a little bit of your time to be on our show. It's an honor to be here. Thank you so much. 
And we're back. Uh, that was pretty awesome, Mark. Thank you for doing that. And thank you, Joshua, for being on the show. We greatly appreciate you raising our profile <laughs> a lot higher than it ever deserves to be. Great. Yeah, so everyone should uh, follow Josh on, uh, definitely follow him on Twitter. It's uh, at Joshua underscore Michael, M-I-K-E-L. Uh, send him a tweet, you know, tell him what's up and tell him that So Was Your Podcast sent you. All right, so that was pretty awesome, and let's move on into some nerdy news. Yo, pump it up. It's time for the news. Yo, we getting ready to bring you the news, boy. All right, Mark. Let's figure out what's going on in the world of nerd. All right, so uh, in big, I guess, DC cinematic universe news, maybe, uh... Ava DuVernay, the director of Wrinkle in Time that is out this week, uh, or it came out uh, last week, I have a review of it on the So Was It Podcast website, if you want to check it out. Uh, she has a new gig. She is going to be directing The New Gods for uh, Warner Brothers DC. Uh, it's based on, I believe, the Jack Kirby series from the... God, was it like the early 80s that this came out, Joey? <laughs> it was the 70s. It was the 70s? Really? Is that old? Holy shit. Wow, I didn't realize it was that old. Um, yeah, But uh, yeah, this has, apparently this has nothing to do with the established DC cinematic universe. Uh, and this is going to be definitely over a $100 million movie uh, handed to uh, Ava DuVernay again after Wrinkle in Time, which is kind of a big deal. Uh, I assume she was going to be going back to a smaller independent movies, you know, one for me, one for them type of thing. But she's jumping right into another big budget superhero type of story. So good on her. I don't know anything about New Gods except for Jack Kirby is an amazing artist. And that's where Darkseid came from. So, Joey, I would imagine being a comic book enthusiast, you know all about New Gods. Yes. <laughs> is, is this something we should be excited about? Um, cautiously. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't even know how this translates to a, uh, a single movie. It, it's a huge, sweeping, epic story. It, it's almost like in humans. Oh, God, that's a scary thought, huh? <laughs> um, it, it's a lot like in humans. It's very comic booky. If you're someone that reads comics and, and these characters are showing up and their storylines are showing up, you don't even blink. But if you are John Q. Public, this might be a, a step too far. I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I, I really hope it's awesome. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Aubrey, what about you? Are you familiar with New Gods at all? I'm not. And I don't even really know much about what the director's done besides A Wrinkle in Time. And I didn't even see that. So, I mean, it's not really something I care too much about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think Wrinkle in Time would really be your speed. Yeah, I heard mixed reviews on it. and It has Reese Witherspoon in it, and that would be the only reason why I go see it. <laughs> I don't remember anything about that book at all. Yeah, I don't even think I actually read the book. I think I own it, but I don't think I read it. I know I read it when I was a kid, but I don't remember a goddamn thing about it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, New Gods. Uh, yeah, could be uh, really cool. And... Uh, We'll see who they cast in the different roles. So interested to see who's Mr. Miracle and who's Orion, who's Darkseid. So yeah, hopefully they get a, get a new Steppenwolf. <laughs> I was going to say, do you think we're going to see, like, does Darkseid play like a huge part in a new God story? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, really? Okay. 
you can't have a new gods movie without him in it. <laughs> oh wow. Nice. Yeah. So then this has got to tie into the to the DC cinematic universe. Right? No. no? <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Hey, right, well good good for her. Good for her for making that money. They should leave Steppenwolf exactly the same as he was in Justice League. So it's um he still looks like a PlayStation 1 cutscene graphic <laughs> and everyone else just looks normal. Mother. <laughs> All right. Okay. So maybe there'll be like one Russian family living in a house <laughs> on Apocalypse. That's right. <laughs> no idea how they got there. It was cheap. Yeah. <laughs> the house was cheap. Uh, all right. Okay. So uh, there's some uh, reboot news uh, in the works right now. Reboot. I love that show. <laughs> hey, you actually, they, they did make a reboot of Reboot. Now that I think about <laughs> yeah, it. It looks terrible. <laughs> Ironically, call me when uh, Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad is rebooted. Oh God, is that a real show? Yes. <laughs> Tim Curry was one of the voices on it. Oh, well, there you go. Tim Curry does everything. He don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't know if you guys were Buffy the Vampire Slayer fans, but uh, Fox is talking about bringing Buffy back in uh, some type of reboot fashion, whether it's a continuation. Whether it's um, uh, just a complete, flat-out remake, re- redo, uh, they are speaking with Joss Whedon right now. It's always it's something that's been in discussion over at Fox for a while. I'm not quite sure how I feel about this, but uh, let's start with uh, let's start with Aubrey. Aubrey, would you be excited for another Buffy uh, return to the small screen? I didn't watch it when it was on, um, and I feel I'm always really, really skeptical of reboots. And continuations of really old shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really, really skeptical as to how successful this will be. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Did you ever watch it or just not when it was first on? I didn't watch it. Like, I think I maybe have seen an episode here and there. Um, but it just wasn't really something that I watched. So, I mean, I I probably wouldn't know the difference between the old show and a new show, but at the same time, if I ever go back and watch it, which I think it's in my queue, it's on the list. Yeah, it it is on my list. Um, I would probably be more invested in whether they're going to continue it in my feelings on it. But you know, generally with reboots and continuations, I don't super skeptical of them. Mm-hmm. What about you, Joy? Uh, let's go. Really? Do it. <laughs> Are you just trying to get Sarah Michelle Geller back on the small screen? I'm just trying to get Sarah Michelle Geller back in my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, preferably like season one, season two. Sarah's, Sarah <laughs> of course. Geller. But uh, uh, I loved that show. Me and Jen used to watch that every week when it came out. Um, and we used to watch Angel. We just love those shows. Uh, they were so awesome. Aubrey, you really should go back and watch them. They're so good. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's in my queue on Netflix unless they took it off of Netflix. But I will watch it eventually. Don't worry. The internet provides. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's awesome. I would love more uh, stuff. I don't know what I want. I don't know if I want a continuation series because those don't usually go well uh x-files what and uh, i don't know how i'd feel about a reboot because i can't see anybody else being buffy and i don't want to watch a uh you know 2000 
19 version of what already happened in in the first series. So I I don't know what I want. I want more, but I don't know what I want. So yeah, it's it's strange that this is being considered because you know the the comic book series is still going on. Like Buffy is on season twelve right now, and Joss Whedon is uh, supposedly coming back to to crack um, or write the script for for season twelve. So Buffy never really went away. It, it's it's got to be a uh, it's got to be a complete remake. They they must be starting over from scratch and just mm-hmm. using Joss's uh, maybe like a few of his ideas. But uh, well, I, I mean, these studios are never going to let IP sit around and go unused. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be. I don't think you're going to get Sarah Michelle Gellar. I mean, it's possible, but like I said, in comic book form, the show is still going on. Uh, during well, we'll always have that uh, Disney Princess rap video she made. So. I don't think I ever saw that. It's amazing. <laughs> so, uh, yes, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Uh, you know, people liked her original work so much that they're talking about rebooting The Grudge, too. Sam Raimi's company, uh, in another, in almost like a parallel story, uh, he's going to be executive producing a new Grudge reboot uh, with a new director, uh, Nicholas Risi, or I'm not really too familiar with, but uh, there is another reboot coming along. I've, I'm pretty sure I saw The Grudge when it first came out. I remember the original one, uh, Juwan, I remember seeing that one, and I thought that one was pretty good. Uh, but I, you know, something like this, it, it doesn't seem like they really need a reboot. They should just make another one. Uh, Joey, are you familiar with the Grudge franchise? Is it something that you want to see? Uh, I saw the first one. I think did I see the first one? Was that where there was like a girl with like hair like crawling around <laughs> in the ceiling and stuff? Uh, that was the Ring. Uh, the Grudge is the little boy with the um, with the bowl cut. <laughs> This was uh, that was the one where uh, Jennifer Connelly had water coming to the ceiling. No, no, no. wait, no, no, no. wait. Maybe that was, <laughs> was. Wait, this was the one where the horse jumped off the boat, right? No, that was definitely the ring. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the horse jumped off the boat. I don't know. I I mean I know I saw it. I'll joke you aside. I know I saw it. I literally remember nothing <laughs> about it at all. I didn't see the sequels. I didn't see uh, the one set in South Central L.A. called The Grudges. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It's fine. I don't, there's there's no attachment to the Grudge cinematic universe that makes me say, no, don't reboot The Grudge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, 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 don't, I don't remember anything about it. Um, if it's cool, it's cool. If it's not, uh, it's literally no hair off my back. Mm-hmm. I could use some hair off my back, but... <laughs> Yeah, I have a feeling it's going to be another Rings with uh, Johnny Galecki that came out uh, like about a year ago that no one saw at all. I completely forgot that existed. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Aubrey, what about you? Were you a fan of the Grudge movies at all? I know I watched one. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one. And I don't remember any of it. Just like Joey, it's really <laughs> forgettable. And... I don't really see why they're rebooting it. I feel like we've run out of ideas for movies at this point because we're just rebooting everything. It's annoying. Mm-hmm. I think people just want to dive into that Sarah Michelle Gellar mine of uh, entertainment and just bring it back. It's like she just contacted her uh, manager and was like, hey, I'm ready to do things again. He's <laughs> like, all right, let me see what I can do. Hollywood, what can we do? Where's my Swan's Qua- Swan's Crossing reboot? Is that a that sounds like a soap opera? 
It was. It was, <laughs> it was a uh, soap opera for tweens that was on every day after school. <laughs> And me and when I was uh, I was in high school and it was on, even though it was for people in like sixth, seventh and eighth grade, uh, it was terrible. And we used to watch it every single day. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> but yeah, she was in it. It was pre Buffy. So mm-hmm. it's fantastic. Weirden's uh, Cruel Intentions with the Vengeance coming out. <laughs> <laughs> they did. I think they did try to do the Cruel Intentions TV show. I know they were, there's probably like 15 direct-to-video sequels to that, too, mm-hmm. based on, uh, you know, being like 13 and wanting to see celebrities kiss. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a uh, it was such a simpler time back then. Yeah. Back in the day, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you couldn't just go on your phone and watch like people <laughs> pegging, getting pegged on fucking <laughs> the internet within 15 seconds. <laughs> Ah, yep. That's where we are as a society. Yay us. Good job, universe. (laughs) You think like aliens are watching us? Like seriously, guys. Mm -hmm. Get your shit together. You're shaking your head. They're probably watching our TV like the movie Explorers. (laughs) Starring River Phoenix. All right. So uh, we had a couple of trailers drop this week. Uh, First one, the sequel to the cinematic classic Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them. Uh, this one, Fantastic Beast, The Crimes of Grindelwald, I think mm-hmm. was the name of the guy. You know, it, it looks like a lush Harry Potter for adults, kind of. I have my thoughts on it, but uh, Aubrey, you, I think I remember you being a Harry Potter fan. Did this trailer do anything for you at all? Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I'm excited to see Jude Law as Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to see how... They address his relationship to Grindelwald. Um, the only thing that kind of annoys me is just Johnny Depp being Johnny Depp. Because um, <laughs> I feel like he plays the same character no matter what. Mm-hmm. So is that uh, Grindel, Grindel, Grundle going to beat his wife in this one? Wow. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Jeez, hot take. <sighs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. It's... I'm excited. I can't wait to see it. I think it's going to be great no matter what. So, No, Joey, you have no connection to Harry Potter at all. Uh, is this something that even looked remotely interesting to you? No. Um, <laughs> I had to see the first one in the movie theater uh, for the podcast. And uh, both my kids wanted to see it because they both like Harry Potter. And I will have to see the second one. Because of the podcast and both my kids like Harry Potter stuff. So uh, it has zero interest for me. I just don't care at all. It could have been static playing for two minutes and 20 seconds. It would have had the same <laughs> effect. But you must have liked some of the characters, right? Like uh, Queenie in the first one. And, no, and I the, hated the everyone dude. in the movie. Really? Oh, oh, all right. All right. I, Is there I, any hot chicks in that movie? Yeah, Queenie. She's smoking. All right. Well, maybe I like that person. I don't remember. <laughs> She's the blonde chick. 
getting old. I'm getting old. I can't remember anything anymore. Can't remember Wrinkle in Time. Can't remember The Grudge or The Grudge Two <laughs> or Juan or Juan versus Rings. <laughs> and I certainly can't remember Fantastic Beasts. Mm, that's all right. You remember Swan's Crossing, so that's all that really matters. That's right. That's right. <laughs> How you know where you are in life. That's right. Yeah, I realize, um, and I, I might have mentioned it before, I realize what it is about these new Harry Potter movies that are not quite working with me. Seeing this universe through like a kid's eyes and through kids' adventures seemed fun, but seeing like a bunch of adults try to be like Jedi's with wands. For some reason, there's something about it. I just does. I can't connect to it. I, I'm just not feeling it. So, yeah, I'll go see it, um, and hope to be thrilled by it. Hope that they can impress me. But you know, as much as I love those Harry Potter movies, these new ones, I'm not. not I'm not feeling them. But uh, we'll see. All right. So then, the other uh, big trailer that came out this week was Avengers: Infinity War, which. Uh, uh, debuted to let everyone know that the tickets are now on sale for the movie April 27th it's coming out uh, oh Jesus yeah buddy you know it we got some more footage we got a little bit more of the story got to see a little more interaction between the heroes Joey what did you think of this trailer <sighs> remember in uh, when Harry met Sally <laughs> when she's in the uh, coffee shop yeah, it was, was kind of like that. <laughs> that was before Arby was born. She has no idea what you're talking about. Right. Oh, no, I, I do. I own that movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Arby, what about you? What did you think of the trailer? I I feel like it's the same trailer. Really? So Yeah, so it's a little bit hard for me. I mean, I'm still really excited, and I thought it was awesome. But again, I just feel like I'm watching the same trailer over and over again. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, because they they do seem to stick to the same areas that they've already shown. Um, but I think that's a good thing. Cause they don't. I don't think they want to show you way too much. Yeah. I mean, I I like that because they're not ruining the movie. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as of late, there's been a lot of um trailers that have given away the movie and then i see the movie and i'm like why did i even bother mm-hmm. um so i'm happy that they're doing that but it's hard to be any more excited just because you know it's like the same trailer yeah yeah and marvel is notorious for dropping key scenes in their trailer which i i kind of hate um mm-hmm. but i i really did like this trailer i really liked seeing them interact with each other like Tony Stark standing in front of um, uh, Star Lord, and um, uh, oh shit! Yeah, and them going back, and uh, Chris Pratt saying that he thought that the plan was good, and then he goes and says that it sucks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really like Tom Holland as Spider Man, like in this quick little scene of, oh, we're using our fake names. I am Spider Man. <laughs> For some reason, that cracked me up. I, I think his delivery is just spot on in that role. Uh, it's just awesome. Gamora referencing the uh, finger snap. Yes. Uh, oh, and then it goes to black. <laughs> Thanos in full armor. Um, we got to see some more of the Black Order. We got to see uh, T'Challa's uh, <laughs> costume go on him mm-hmm. before they charge the uh, Marauders. Oh, oh. <laughs> Can you believe we're actually going to get this movie like next month? It's amazing. Doesn't seem real. But this, <laughs> it doesn't seem like this is real. <laughs> it really, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. 
I am terrified that something bad is going to happen to Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's. It looks like. I mean, if something does, man, you can tell he's going to go out like a like a fucking champ because the very last shot is Cap fighting back Thanos, hand to hand, hands to hand combat. The yep. <laughs> Cap two handed trying to stop the uh, Infinity Gauntlet. Come on, that's like. Like what, seriously, what a time to be alive! Can't believe this is actually happening. Well, that's a classic scene from the comic series when uh, all the other heroes are dead, <laughs> all of them. <laughs> a Thanos has killed everyone except Captain America, and Captain America walks up to him right in his face, and he just t- gives a speech about how as long as one person is standing against him, he hasn't won yet. And it's like Niagara Falls, Frankie Angel, like, <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> can't freaking wait <laughs> and, a, and the fact that they give you that little tease like right in the trailer joey come on i think that, oh. that was just for you dude just the 15 seconds of spider-man at the end of the trailer swinging around through whatever was going on <laughs> is better than the last two amazing spider-man movies combined <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny ironically um the other day spider-man 3 and amazing spider-man 2 were both on um, regular TV at the same time. I was flipping through the channels and saw them both. I was going to say, so you threw your TV out the window? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why are they playing both of them at the same time on the same days? It's like purging. I hate this movie. <laughs> Sorry. No, but I, I will say, I you know, completely off topic, I might have to go back and re-watch Amazing Spider-Man 2 because as as bad as that, that Electro storyline is, Andrew Garfield did a really good Spider-Man. Like his Peter Parker was shit, but his Spider-Man was, I thought was like right on point. I really dug it. I really dug it. So I might have to go back and review that movie again. Give the guy props. Must be nice to have so much free time. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's right. I don't. (laughs) Fuck that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. So yeah, there's there's not much else to say about Infinity War trailer other than it looks freaking amazing. And and my body is ready. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, if you haven't already gotten your tickets, buy your tickets now for it because this will be one of the biggest movies of the year. I'm definitely getting my tickets this week. Uh, yeah, they already said the uh, tickets are outselling Black Panther, that's which amazing. was outselling everything else. So. <laughs> God, it must be nice to be the president of Disney right now. <laughs> I would imagine it's like Uncle Scrooge. Just rolling in money. Mm-hmm. I just see like Uncle Scrooge vaults of money just swimming in it. Good for those guys. So, uh, yeah, that's it. That's it for the news. Awesome. Well, thank you for the news, Mark. And uh, now we can move on. Do you guys want to do a listener question? Sure. All right. So each week we try to answer a listener question on the show. You can send your questions in through emailing us at sowizardpodcast at yahoo.com. Or you can slide into our DMs on social media and we'll answer the questions on the show. So this week's question comes from Kelly. I don't know if that's a girl or a boy, so I don't want to misgender them. But they ask, with Toys R Us now closing in the United States and in other countries around the world, do you guys have any Toys R Us memories that have stuck in your mind from shopping there or being there in the last few years? Aubrey. I don't really because uh, Pittsfield did not have a Toys R Us. They only had a Toy Works. Um, so I didn't, I didn't really have a Toys R Us growing up. 
And guess uh, what? No one else will either. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, Noah really likes it. So it's a little sad that he won't have that place to go to anymore. But that's about it. All right. What about you, Mark? Yeah, I uh, I didn't really do that much shopping at Toys R Us. I mean, it's been a while since I actually started to uh, go out and collect stuff. You know, as I got older, the stuff that I got was not stuff that you would normally find at Toys R Us. Um, but I do remember um, they used to have like uh, like people in costume at like the at Toys R Us to do like uh, when they were doing like a big promotion for toys. I do remember my little cousin freaking out over a life size Rainbow Bright. <laughs> <laughs> with a, a girl wearing it. I mean, it was like like a mascot, like a sports mascot, a giant rainbow bright head and a, a fluorescent like blue costume. And my little cousin could not look at it at all, like freaked out. Uh, and it happened right in the middle of Toys R Us. So, uh, yeah, that's the only memory that I, it's something that really stuck out about Toys R Us for me. Sweet. Well, I uh, have, you know, used to collect a lot of toys. I certainly don't as much as I used to because, you know, your finances change a lot when you go from being a uh, not single but you know childless person to having two children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, the amount of money I, dro- I drop on Star Wars toys certainly went uh, far down. But when uh, Episode One came out, Phantom Menace, um, if you remember, that was the first midnight release of toys that they ever had, and. Me and Derek and Tom from Not Another Nerdy Podcast, some of our other friends like Ed and uh, John Doe, and uh, who else? With Doug, if you remember who else went with us, that I think that's all the people that went. We all flew to Denver, Colorado for Star Wars Celebration, which is the very first Star Wars Celebration convention. And I'm sure we've we've talked about some of those stories on <laughs> here before, like the unique Star Wars dining experience they had. <laughs> right. So what it said in the in the brochure was there was a unique Star Wars dining experience, but it really was just a tent with folding tables and you could get Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, or KFC. But it was unique, I guess. Um, still talking about it over 20 years later. <laughs> but they uh, the day we were coming back, we was the day that the Star Wars toys were coming out. So we were landing in Logan Airport in Boston at like – I think the plane landed at 11.25, and the closest Toys R Us was in Natick, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. So uh, we had to get there to get toys. <laughs> I had actually saved um, $200 for my spending money on the trip to make sure I was able to have money to buy toys when we got back. And we landed, and this was a different time. Obviously, pre-9-11, you could kind of run around the airport like a mad person, and it didn't really matter. But, you know, we landed, we got off the plane, we got our bags, we got it to our cars, and we (laughs) drove like 175 miles an hour (laughs) (laughs) and got to uh, Toys R Us in Natick, Massachusetts to buy Star Wars toys. And I must have spent probably (laughs) (laughs) $199.99 episode one action figures. So you got yourself a nice uh, Boba figure, maybe one of those little like Comlink things where you stick I the got, figures on yeah, top of it. I got a it. Comlink. <laughs> I've got like probably like 10 figures maybe. I got uh, – I think a Pod Racer. It was Anakin's Pod Racer. Oh, a couple wow. other things. Yeah, I, I dropped a lot of mine. <laughs> and that was it. It was just wild. It was just a crazy time with like nerds everywhere, people throwing shit all over the place exasperated looking employees that like were terrified <laughs> and like hiding in fetal positions on the floor and the, in a, in a horrifying car ride down the Massachusetts, Massachusetts turnpike at like 200 miles an hour. 
So what time did you guys get to Toys R Us exactly? I think we got there at like 12.01, nice. 12.02. <laughs> we got there right when they opened. So Nice. <laughs> yeah. And we could have like flipped over and died driving there to, to get fucking Darth <laughs> Maul action figure. Uh, you got to get that Jar Jar, man. Get That's that boss, right. get that boss nasty. figure. It hadn't come out yet, so we still, <laughs> people still liked Jar Jar at that time. Cool. Well, thank you, Kelly, for your question. And uh, like I said, anyone wants to send us a listener question, feel free to slide into our DMs on social media or email us, so wizard podcast at yahoo.com. And now. Sorry. It's okay. We're going to jump right into the main event of the evening. We're going to talk about the new movie, Tomb Raider. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. All right. So we all had a chance to go see Tomb Raider over the weekend. Um, So we'll talk a little bit about it before we jump into spoiling anything. And, uh, you know, first question I really want to ask is, are you a fan of the games, Aubrey? I really liked uh, the Rise of the Tomb Raider that they just came out with. Mm Kind of like the older ones, too. So, yeah, I guess I would say, yeah, I like the games. Okay. Now, what about the two movies that came out with Angelina Jolie? No, I didn't even go see them because they look like trash. (laughs) All right. Mark, did you ever play the games? And did you like the movies? Never played the game. Um, I thought the movies were entertaining enough. <laughs> I played the games. Uh, I liked them a lot on PlayStation. I have not played any of the newer ones that this movie is based off of. And Aubrey, you said those are good? Yeah, I really liked Rise of the Tomb Raider. Um, I haven't played. The, I know there's a new one coming out, Shadow of Tomb Raider. Is that out yet? I think that um, just got announced. I'm not sure. Yeah, so I mean, I really liked Rise of the Tomb Raider. So, all right, and I did see both movies with Angelina Jolie. Um, they're not very good, though. She is in her prime in the first one. Good lord! And the second one is just horribly bad <laughs> with Jared Butler and stuff. So, but they were good B movies, so I had no problem with them. Mm-hmm. Now, we all saw the new one. What did you guys think of the new one? No spoilers yet, Aubrey. I wouldn't pay for it. Did you just pay for it now? Yeah, but if I had to see it again, I would probably not pay for it. <laughs> All right. Uh, what about you, Mark? I honestly, like two hours after the movie was done, I kind of forgot I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I kind of explained my circumstance having to go see it. So there were points during watching it where I was fighting, falling asleep, mm-hmm. but yeah, I liked it well enough. It was all right. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that was a ringing endorsement, but that's kind of where we're at non spoilers. So, you know, now Mark's going to play a spoiler sound drop and we're just going to spoil the crap out of tomb Raider. So if you haven't seen it yet, um, uh, based on our suggestions, maybe you want to wait, but <laughs> you can just uh, skip to the end and avoid these spoilers. So, clear spoiler. Here's a spoiler. You will die alone. All right, Mark, take us in to the tomb of Tomb Raider. Okay, so the thing about Tomb Raider for me is that because I've never played the games, uh, and I mentioned on the show before, I'm a big fan of adaptations. I'm a big fan of someone trying to take something that's popular in one medium 
and moving it to another medium medium because it's a challenge that would seem like the easiest thing in the world and the most difficult thing in the world at the same time. Uh, so Tomb Raider, not playing a game at all, I w- looked at this movie with fresh eyes. Like, okay, why should I care about Laura Croft and Tomb Raiding? Like, what, this movie should explain that to me. And I don't think it did. I think it just, it's like for people who played the new video game, it's like, hey, you like this, you like this, we threw it in a movie, here you go. I did like Alicia, Alicia Van Kander. She is ridiculously cute. Um, and the beginning of the, <laughs> Joey, I was thinking about you at the beginning of the movie with her and, <laughs> her and another girl just beating the shit out of each other <laughs> in a ring. <laughs> It's like MMA fighting. I'm like, oh shit, this is the, this is Joy's movie, like right from the jump. Um, but I thought we were gonna get like some okay, get to see who Laura is as a person. Maybe I want to go and join her on this adventure. And I just couldn't. I didn't care. Like she she's rich, but she doesn't she doesn't use her money. She you know her dad tells her to okay. She unlocks a puzzle, finds a message from her father who's lost. Uh, lost away somewhere and he tells her to burn all of his research specifically burn everything and instead she she uses the research to go and follow in his footsteps what <laughs> what we forgot about the exciting bike chase scene i actually did like the bike chase scene because i thought because for one thing i've never seen that before and i don't live in in london so i, I would imagine that type of shit happens every day right do you think open all powers like has bike chases all the time? Uh, I don't think that they do, but I think they might have witnessed it. <laughs> I think they might they might be standing outside, like eating you know fish and chips, and uh, <laughs> and a hot girl with a bike leaking green pink like zips by them. I think that that happens. Like I could be wrong. I have to ask them. Right. Aubrey, how are you feeling at the beginning of the movie? Are you drawn right in or what? I went in thinking this movie was going to be trash. So in the beginning, I was like, that was my mindset was, Jesus, this movie is going to be trash. Um, and I just didn't feel like it was a cool scene with her boxing with the other chick. Um, but I didn't I don't really feel anything like it wasn't exciting. I like that she got her ass kicked in the beginning. Um I don't know how much training she had because she got caught with a rear naked choke and she didn't try to put her hand to her head if she wasn't going to tap, but okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I just kept waiting. I'm like, when are they going to get to the tomb? <laughs> like, I knew there was going to be an island and some tombs and stuff, and I, I was just like, what is, why do we have to spend 20 to 30 minutes before we get to any of the action we actually want to see from Tomb Raider? <laughs> Now, see, now that's the thing is that I not playing the game want that stuff. I want all of that stuff in the beginning about Laura because I want to be able to understand who this character is as she's going through the tombs. Um, if you play the games, then, of course, all you want is the Laura in the tombs. So, <laughs> you know, people who people who play the games are going to be looking at this movie from a totally different side. And I wanted a movie to appeal to me, someone who didn't play the games. I just figure if you're going to have a movie called Mall Rats, you better get them in the fucking mall. (laughs) (laughs) True. You know what I, the other thing that kind of, I wouldn't say bother me, but like they start off the movie with like all of this exposition about this evil Japanese lord and, 
the the way that she took over the world or started to take over the world and took all of her generals to bring her down and all of this stuff. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's the mummy. It's it's the mummy all oh, over no. again. <laughs> no. Just thinking of the enchantress. Yeah, exactly. La momia. But they started that and I'm like, okay, so that's where that's where this movie is going. Some big epic Raiders of the Lost Ark like giant thing. And then like 20 minutes in, into the movie, they ex- when Laura finds her father's stuff, they explain <laughs> it again. They like they go through the whole ex- exposition. There's an empress from time ago and I'm like, we already we already <laughs> saw this part. She came in late to the movie. Let's <laughs> explain it again. You know what had me laughing is when they're actually sailing to the island. They have like that, um, like fuck, what's it called? The the overlay of like the map in these visions of this evil creature and and all that other crap. Mm -hmm. And then it's like got this music to it as they're sailing, and it just reminded me of like a National Geographic documentary. Mm Hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and she, all right, so she's this scrappy person who, you know, rides her bike through London delivering stuff. She takes whatever little money she has. She's able to get through her, you know, green uh, emerald necklace that she had to pawn. She travels halfway around the world by herself and almost gets jacked by three <laughs> teenage boys five seconds off after getting there. Like, she has no, like, how... How is she supposed to be Tomb Raider? She can barely walk through a town by herself, not speaking any English, trying to find a boat. I'm just like, I'm, her character was not, I couldn't, I just, I just couldn't get into it at all. And I really wanted to. I really wanted to. That was just an excuse for more running. Oh, okay. And screaming. <laughs> just a, an unneeded chase scene, which luckily the chase scene miraculously ends on a boat that she's looking for. <laughs> of course it does. Even though the boat that she was looking for, I thought went into this island and I assumed it got destroyed because the guy who's on the boat, it was his dad's boat. Mm-hmm. So didn't his dad take the boat to the island? So did his dad take the boat to the island and then the dad died and the boat just came back by itself? I think it was a different boat. With the same name. Maybe. So the guy... Has, well, she was she was just looking for the name of that person, and it ended up him and his father had the same name. Oh, okay, that that makes sense. She's looking for the dude, and they said, "Oh, you're looking for Lee Han or whatever his name is," and he's on this boat. So then she's looking for the boat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a boat with the same name, or there's a boat with a guy named Lee Han who just happens to be Lee Han's son, or whatever the guy's name is. I should probably figure it out. Lu Rin. But she doesn't speak Chinese, so how is she planning on finding the boat? Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> she just happens to find it. It just she just happens to land on a on Lu Rin's boat. And Lu Rin is speaks perfect English. Uh Lu Rin, who's played by uh uh Daniel Wu from Into the Badlands, who is he's actually a really good actor. I really want to see him in other stuff other than Tomb Raider. He's he's awesome and into the Badlands. Uh, I don't know why they didn't let him do anything awesome in this movie. <laughs> but I was happy that he didn't turn into her boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, I thought for sure that's where they were going. They were going to like sprinkle a little, a little romantic tension between them, but uh, they didn't. I was surprised. Yeah, and that was good. It's nice. They don't have to. She doesn't have to 
have every guy that she interacts with be her boyfriend. So that was cool. It's mm-hmm. nice, nice tip of the hat. But uh, then we get to the boat capsizing or some shit. Now this was our really first big action sequence. So, and it featured a lot of running. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it seemed cool, but God, it was it was a, a dark boat at night with a lot of CG and I could barely make out some of the stuff that was going on, unfortunately. <laughs> Aubrey, uh, how many times do you think that she was running towards the camera in this movie? So many. And, and it seemed like she had super inhuman speed too. Like, why is she so fast? That's what I kept wondering. It's how fast she's running into my heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I actually did count the times that, she was running towards the camera. The times that the director put the camera down, I was like, okay, Alicia, run towards me. Uh, I'm going to include the bike scene too at the beginning. Cause that was the first time I saw it. Uh, it's 10. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. 10 times. The, the director was like, okay, come towards the camera and go. <laughs> oh, Jesus. 10 different times. I mean, I, I'm going to say, Wow. I noticed it like by the third time I was like, damn, they keep cutting, going to that same shot (laughs) running towards the camera and, and it kept coming. So, (laughs) well, you want to know, I think the reason is if you played a video game, I would imagine all you see is the back of her head (laughs) and she's like jumping over stuff and running around. So it's like, all right, let's, let's, uh, let's do the opposite of that. That'd be my understood, but uh, I don't know. Just seemed like a lot after a while. So. She finally gets to the island, at least. Yeah. Yes. Barely gets to the island, uh, sees like a bunch of people, gets knocked out, wakes up in the tent of Walter Goggins, who is uh, just an awesome actor, who's given absolutely nothing to do <laughs> in this movie except for be an asshole. That's it. I love him. Yeah, he's a great he's actor. A fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. But I, I realize now you got to give him good material. You got to give him some good stuff to like to elevate just having him stand around and pose and pull out a <laughs> gun and aim at people. Best. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. So they kidnap Laura. Um, and she <laughs> manages to find a Lou Rin who was also there. He's now one of the, uh, the people working yeah, it's on the, the same uh, one. It's the same guy. Yeah. Yeah. Same guy. She, oh, she's, okay. She's, I thought you meant she found a different one. No. <laughs> Wait a minute. What the fuck are you talking about, Mark? <laughs> so she found another guy named Lou Ren <laughs> on the island. <laughs> but uh, he's he's like the, the boat capsized. You know, she barely survives. He survived. And now he's working as one of the slaves on this island. What they do is they take fishermen and people who are lost <laughs> and rich heiresses and uh, put them to work to try to find the entrance to the tomb of this Japanese warlord or whatever she was. And he, right. and he, and for some reason he, uh, he decides, okay, we got to get Lord. You got to get out of here. You know, you can't stay here. These people are dangerous. We got to get you free. But he does all, he says all of this without saying a word. All he does is look at her. She looks at him. They don't say anything. And then he punches one of the guards with a, a hits one of the guards with the shovel, takes the guard's gun, and starts shooting at the other six guards, just him, and tells Laura to run. So Laura has to escape the camp or run through the jungle to, you know, save her life. 
And, and somehow they don't kill him. Or shoot her. Six yeah. guys with rifles against one dude with a rifle. He doesn't die. They completely miss her, and she gets out of the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> that was his plan. That was the plan? One guy against... And in the meantime, like every other slave that was there that was working on stuff they're getting they're getting mold down and they had nothing to do with yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> they were just there digging for a japanese death queen <laughs> they didn't want any part of this <clears throat> and nutter getting shot oh god all right so laura again just barely makes it out alive and then we get this uh scene of her running across the uh old rusted plane that's been in the trailers i thought this part was awesome <laughs> I actually laughed when she when she like gets finally in the plane and then it starts to crash and then she's like, "Are you kidding me?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, at, at that point, I was like, "She she goes over the waterfall and just happens to catch the edge of the plane uh, to save her life, and then she just happens to be once she gets inside of the plane, she just happens to have a parachute like right above her, just happens to barely catch it right as." As she's falling out of the plane, like there's so many close calls for this character. It's amazing. She is so lucky to be alive. They did capture that well, though, because that is part of the game is that it seems like there's a lot of close calls in the game. Mm-hmm. So they did capture that well. Um, so I, I did enjoy that. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. It is a, it is a, a big part of the game. Um, so now she's barely alive. She gets punctured by a piece of metal coming out of the plane. You know, barely conscious. Uh, she, the guy that got hit in the face with the shovel, was tasked to go and find her. So he's been chasing her throughout the jungle, and he finds her. And then she has to use her MMA moves to like take him down. And uh, she does, and she actually has to kill him. And she felt really <laughs> bad about it, you know. And that actually did kind of like that part, you know. I, I was kind of hoping she would like snap his neck, like Superman style, like Man yeah. Steel, <laughs> and did like scream ah, but uh. Nope, she uh she put him in a, a chokehold, I think, and then like drowned him. So a rear naked choke. Oh, thank, thanks, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> and then drowned him, and then felt bad about it. So I did kind of like that. She's, you know, <laughs> I, I I I'm I'm glad they took the second to show that she's not like a vicious killer because from that moment on, she kills everybody. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't care. She got it out of her system. Being yeah. sad. <laughs> the first one's always the hardest, kids. <laughs> And so then as she's uh, just lost in the jungle, she happens to come across a crazy old man in a cave and she follows him and crazy old man turns out to be her dad who didn't die years ago. Shocker. How did you guys feel about this plot twist? Um, you know, I was indifferent about it. I didn't know whether I liked it or whether I hated it. It was no in between. Like I, one part of me hated it because, you know, how could he survive and that long, nonetheless? Mm. Um, and nobody knew. And I feel like that was predictable. Yeah, and no one actually went after him all of those years. Uh, Joey, what about you? What did you think of that, uh, that plot twist? I thought it was terrible. <laughs> like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? He's actually alive. I was hoping maybe he'd just be like a vision that she saw or something, but mm-hmm. the fact that he was actually alive on the island and like living in a cave, it's just like, oh. <laughs> See, I was kind of hoping we'll get a scene of her like walking up to him 
and like holding out like that little puzzle his, thing. His his diary. <laughs> <laughs> so we get like that uh, that last Jedi moment of him standing on <laughs> on the edge of a of the of the cave, and are like handing out something to him. Like I want you to train me to be a, a tomb raider like you, Dad. And then he just it was really up. annoying afterwards too because he just kept calling her Sprout and annoyed the fuck out of me. <laughs> I actually thought that was cute. I thought that was cute. It's super annoying. So now uh, Daddy Tomb Raider is alive. And even though he specifically told her to burn all of his stuff so that the bad guys wouldn't get it, she instead took all of his information and delivered it right to the bad guys. (laughs) Way to go, Tomb Raider. So now uh, she sees that, oh, how he survived. He had a bow and arrow set. That's how he survived. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm sure somewhere there's a, a creature sprouting out blue milk too um, that we didn't see. Deleted scenes. So she gets the bow and arrow and decides that she's going to go back to the camp that she just escaped from and stop the bad guys, I think. And she just goes ham and starts shooting every guard with a automatic rifle with her bow and arrow, killing them all. The way to go, Laura. Uh, so then the, I think, I, no, I kind of faded out at this part did her dad like follow her back to the to the camp is that what happened yeah yeah he went up to the uh door of the uh there was a puzzle on the door and he went up there i don't know what he was doing he's <laughs> <laughs> mesmerized right so laura inadvertently led the bad guys right to the door of the evil japanese queen and uh there was a puzzle on the door the dad was going to do it, but then Laura, I think, said that she was going to do it instead. So then they go into the tomb. So this is it. This is it, folks. This is the where you. This is why you paid your money. Laura Croft is inside of the tomb, and her and the bad guys are going to raid stuff. So along the way, there's different puzzles that they have to like solve, and uh, the floorboards <laughs> are like kind of uh, booby trapped and stuff like that. Now, as you guys who played the game, was this something that was exciting for you? It was cool. <laughs> it's all right, I guess. It was like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah. What did it say in my diary about this this trap? Okay. <laughs> like, seriously, that was the best they could come up with? Yep. So they get into the tomb. It's a, it's a coffin with the, the Japanese queen in it. And they, of course, unbox it. They see the dead body. Uh, and it turns out that it wasn't that the queen was taking over the world is that she was uh, um, like diseased or something. She was like some kind of a epidemic that they were trying to secure so that it wouldn't get out and wipe out the world. So, of course, once the bad guys open it up and they make contact with this this dead body, they start to disintegrate um, slowly. And uh, <laughs> how did this disease like take over them within like 30 seconds of touching the corpse? It's that dangerous. That's it gave me a heart attack because I am a germaphobe, and so <laughs> I had heart palpitations. So the bad guy decides that he's not going to uh, take the whole thing away. He's just going to take a part of it uh, to, to bring it back for research or something. I, I'm not really sure. But uh, the dad and Laura and the bad guys kind of fight it out, and then Laura has to get out of there. No, the, the bad guy... Uh, Walter Goggins escapes with a piece of the dead body in a little Ziploc bag and Laura has to stop him because she doesn't they don't want it to get out in the world right right 
fight ensues. Uh, Laura uh, kind of beats up the guy, <laughs> tries to beat up the guy. Uh, they fight. She winds up killing him by having him swallow the dead body part. <laughs> and then kicking him in the throat. <laughs> she like puts the, he, t- he takes like a little piece of the, the mummy's finger. So she takes that piece of the finger, sticks it in his mouth, kicks him in the throat, he swallows it, and then he starts to disintegrate too. But then she uses a pickaxe to jump across this large cavern thing and escape the tunnel. The end. <laughs> but she gets buried alive and she can't get out. But luckily, Lurin is and a bunch of uh, of the refugees are right outside of the building and they use their superhuman strength to move all of these boulders <laughs> <laughs> and pour, pull Laura out of the tomb that is now crashed all around them. And her dad died. Right. Her dad died because... Uh, he fought Walter Goggins before and got a little bit of that disease on him, and now he's dead. But he blew yep. up the temple. And she also ran towards the camera at least twice during the scene. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so she gets back home. She Now that she knows her dad is dead, she's able to sign over the rights to the Croft Industries over to Christian Scott Thomas, who was in the movie for a hot second. And then realizes that Christian Scott Thomas was, even though she works for Croft Industries, she's also the person that sent Walter Goggins' character there to uncover the tomb. So the bad guy has been working for Croft this whole time. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and Laura realizes it now. So now, now that Croft Industry owns all of these companies that uh, that is essentially this bad guy's company, Laura's mission now is to become Angelina Jolie circa 19, or 2000. Eight or whenever that movie came out, uh, Ponytail, Two Guns, and uh, <laughs> go out and save the world, become Laura Croft Tomb Raider. Mm, great. <laughs> Credits. Credits, star wipe, the end. Oh, we got a post credit scene, actually. Uh, is that the one that, in a pawn shop? Yeah, she goes back to get her necklace back, and then she's like, oh, I like these two guns. Mm-hmm. The end. I thought that was stupid. <laughs> So that's uh, Tomb Raider. Aubrey, what did you think on a scale of zero to five? One. <laughs> One. <laughs> Ouch. Mark. Yeah, I was, my original score is 1.5, but I'm going to give it an extra half a point because uh, Alicia Van Kander is super cute. Like, it's ridiculous how cute she is. Um so yeah, I'll I'll totally buy her as Laura Croft. She she earned that movie an extra half a point. <laughs> well, I was going to give it a two, um, because it's not very good. But I mean, it's okay. It reminded me of like an action movie I would have rented or watched on an FX Saturday. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like you said, Mark, completely forget about it two hours later. But you are right. I love Alicia Vikander. <laughs> She's so cute, and I wish that I could like go raid her tomb and 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 her womb so i bumped it up to a two and a half strictly because of how attractive she is yes yes but that's certainly not a ringing endorsement for many of us so nope i would say yeah definitely wait for it to be on netflix or on dvd if you unless you're a really big tomb raider fan and you really like the new video games and yeah go check it out but otherwise you know just wait wait to stream it uh you know, unless you're a really big Alicia Van Kander fan. Well, uh, I care. 
All right. So that was Tomb Raider. Fantastic. Uh, thank God. We don't have to go see any more movies for a while, huh, Aubrey? <laughs> Isn't that nice? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's get some recommendations out there for the listeners and wrap this before we tap this. Aubrey, what do you got for our friends and fans out there in the world of the Internet? Well, I will be at Awesome Con in two weeks in Washington, D.C. Uh, so I would like everybody to go buy tickets and come visit me at Awesome Con. And where is Awesome Con, Aubrey? Washington, D.C. Awesome. It is. And uh, some pretty freaking awesome guests on the list there. Uh, Stephen Amell, John Boyega. You know, it's a huge, huge list. Yeah. Awesome. You're going to be busy Super as fuck. Excited. I know. I know. Good, so, good thing it's a three-day weekend. Nice. Nice. So we'll definitely be looking forward to a lots of coverage and lots of information on the podcast and our social media from your trip to AwesomeCon in Washington, D.C. coming up in two weeks. Mark. Uh, yeah, I want to recommend everyone uh, check out uh, Josh and Michael on A Walking Dead. Uh, thanks again for uh, joining us on the show, dude. Um, he also has a new movie called Love, Simon that's out this week, uh, directed by Greg Berlanti, who everyone knows as the godfather of the CW uh, TV show, superhero shows. So Greg Berlanti is back behind the camera in a new movie, Love, Simon, that's out this week. And also I want to recommend everyone continue to check out Atlanta. If you haven't been watching that show already on FX, it is so amazing. It's such a good show. Um, I love it, and it's one of those things that it, when it's over, it's like I can't believe this is actually on on network television. Um, it's so good, so good. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Awesome. Well, I will recommend everyone goes to SoWizardPodcast.com where they can find the podcast every week, links to all our social media accounts on the right-hand side of the page. They can find movie reviews and Netflix streaming picks from Mark and Adam. And lots of other cool content, too. SoWizardPodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Listen to us on Spotify or just about any podcatching app under the sun. And uh, I will recommend you check out a couple things. Uh, one, my guest appearance on our friends, the Cult 45 Podcast, is now available on iTunes and other podcatching applications. And you can hear us discuss the classic film, <laughs> Robot Jocks as well as Empire State Comic Con is coming up April 6th, 7th, and 8th in Albany, New York. We'll be there as press, so we will be checking it out and bringing you lots of cool content as well. That's one week before Awesome Con in Washington, D.C., where Aubrey will be there as press, checking out awesome stuff as well. Check out those two conventions, and if you see us, get at us. Um, not that we're not really, really awkward in person, <laughs> so <laughs> But uh, it should be a good time at both of those cons and huge shout outs to them for extending us the press credentials. It's nice and uh, it's kind of validating, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. but next week we're going to be talking about Pacific Rim Uprising. So you should go check that out in theaters starting next week. And we are going to be talking about it next week on the podcast. So get ready for your Pacific Rim job, guys. It's coming <laughs> straight at you. I've been your host of episode number 189 of the So Wizard podcast, Joey DiCarlo. My co-hosts, the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. So long. Goodbye. Good journey. And the expert, Mr. Marquis Markellis Reagans. You guys have a great week, Wakanda forever.
We'll see you next week when we talk about Pacific Rim Uprising. Good journey. <laughs>